The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, here we go. Uh, hour number two, Pharrell with you on uh, Coast to Coast with uh, Carver High, Mafia, and Joe Ranieri in Miami. Good to have you with us. Uh, where are we going here? Going to preview some of tonight's game. I'm watching that uh, game right now. Arizona just tied up San Diego after that error by Myers. Uh, you knew that was going to cost you, Carver High. I knew it was going to cost me because I have the under four and a half in the first five innings. So I said to you during the break, Will Myers could not catch a pop-up. You knew that that was going to be a problem. And sure enough, it leads to a D-back run. How about tonight, Scotty? Plenty of games on the docket. We start in Washington. We have the Blue Jays coming up a couple of one and two teams here after the weekend. You get Annabelle Sanchez on the hill for the Nationals. You have Thornton on the hill for the Blue Jays. What do you like tonight in D.C.? Well, obviously, uh, I think the Blue Jays looked uh, a lot tougher than I thought uh, they would in in Tampa. And obviously, we had uh, Cam on the show Friday night on the radio show, Pharrell on the bench, because he was dead right about that opener against the Rays when they kicked their ass. I think it ended up being a 6-4 game. I am very surprised, not with their bats, but their pitching, to be honest with you, that they were able to basically shut down the Rays. Now, the Rays got back in that series eventually and evened things out and were able to beat the Blue Jays. But that lineup of Toronto's is no joke at all. I wouldn't be uh, afraid to take that run and a half, I'll give you that much, or to bet on them. I still think the Nats are, you know, better. The Nationals had the Yankees by the throat yesterday and let it slip through their fingers. And I thought they looked really good against the Yankees when they blew them out over the weekend. So I'd still take the Nationals. Good one in Tampa tonight. You've got Tyler Glass now on the mound for the Rays. You've got Mike fulton on the hill for the Braves. Good one down there. Who do you got? Well, uh, obviously, I think that the Braves can uh, give the Rays nothing but problems. I mean, if Toronto can push them around, I like the way uh, that the Braves looked uh, in uh, City Field. I I still think uh, I like Glass now better than I like Fulton Avich, though. I wouldn't be willing to lay one and a half. I think they can beat them on the money line. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all uh, the over, even though both of these guys can pitch. I think these teams, both of them are so deadly, uh, their lineups, that uh, I expect runs in that game. Wade Miley for the Reds and John Lester for the Cubs, a nice big fat 10.5 over and under in Cincinnati tonight. That's where I'm leaning, Scotty. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I like that. And I, you know, I think the Cubs are uh, better than the Reds. I know everyone is on uh, the Reds in this uh, added uh, expanded playoff scene and the scenario of letting all these extra teams in the postseason and everybody's buying the Reds. Scott Miller, Bleach Reporter, does the show a lot before they expanded the playoffs. He uh, was taking the Reds to go to the World Series. And I just, you know, I love all uh, Scott that he does on this show. Don't get me wrong, but I am not buying the Cincinnati Reds at all for anything. And I think the Cubs should beat their ass. The Pittsburgh Pirates back at PNC tonight. The Milwaukee Brewers coming into town. What did you think of your Pirates over the weekend against the Cards? 
I thought they looked atrocious. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, the the best thing I saw was Derek Holland giving the home plate umpire the business from the stands. He got ejected from the game, and then Shelton went out and argued with him. No one's ever heard of Derek Shelton before. I loved his bandana he was wearing around his mouth as he was cussing out the home plate ump. And how about the ump? He couldn't even put his mask on. The guy was having fumble fingers with the mask, and he just held it over his face. But uh, bottom line is this. Uh, the Pirates, you know, got it done with the long ball on Sunday against the Cardinals. But the entire series, the Cardinals dominated them on a base pass, pitching, hitting, everything. I can't even believe the Pirates won a game. I watched them. It was like watching a Little League team. Honestly, I love the Pirates. I will say this. I think they have the coolest badass uniform, Uh, their jersey, that Pittsburgh jersey, all black and yellow with that Pittsburgh across the front. At least they got that going for them because it is sickening. I'm buying one of those. I already have like 15 Pirate jerseys. I'm going to get the new one as well. I think it's really kick ass, Uh, but their team sucks. They're going to lose to the Brewers, too. The White Sox were the trendy pick in the AL Central. They lose two out of three to one of their main competitors, the Twins, over the weekend. Now they will face their other main competitor, the Indians in Cleveland. We told you right before the break that their manager, Rick Renteria, is going to stay back at the hotel. He woke up this morning with some symptoms of COVID. He's going to get a test taken. So it looks like possibly in Chicago some more issues, Scotty. Yeah, that's a problem. And I think the Indians are another problem for the White Sox. Uh, Look, the White Sox had it going like Saturday. They had the long ball going from both sides of the plate. They were hitting home runs. And and the rest of the series against uh, the Twins was bad. It was Nelson Cruz City. But I I think that uh, they'll go into Cleveland and lose to Tito's Indians. I think the Indians are tough. And in the rest of the night slate, you've got the Royals at the Tigers tonight. Michael Fulmer on the hill for the Tigers. Seattle and Houston, the last of a wraparound down there. And the Mets and the Red Sox, you mentioned it before, with Waka on the hill for the Mets. Yeah, I still like uh, Kansas City, uh, Merrifield, and that lineup better than the Tigers. They're dismal. Astros. Uh, Seattle Sox, and I think the Mets and Waka are better in the Red Sox. Uh, we'll see, though. Uh, I, I think, you know, the Mets, anything's possible with the Mets. But I, it was exciting to see Friday when we were doing the show, Cespedes hit the uh, big home run as the DH. The Mets have a dangerous lineup with bats. Uh, they've got to get pitching. That guy, Diaz, I wouldn't let that guy get my mail. He's bad luck. It, it, the mailbox will tip over. The guy walks up your driveway, your cement will melt. I mean, he is bad luck. They should get rid of his ass. He is absolutely the worst luck guy I've ever seen on that team. Get rid of his ass. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Pharrell back on Coast to Coast. Always a pleasure to have our radio affiliates on board on C to C. Don't forget Pharrell on the bench, 1 a.m. Sports Rage, 3 a.m. Bagels and Bad Beats, 5 a.m. Sports Grid Radio Overnights rocks. Check us out at sportsgridradio.com and you can watch us do the shows on YouTube. Just search 
Sports Grid Radio. We'll see you on a bench tonight. All right, uh, Carver High, where are we going here? A little NBA rack? Yes, let's head down to the bubble in Orlando where you mentioned Lou Williams. He's going to have to sit in his room for 10 days uh, and wait around. He'll miss two games. He'll miss a couple of game checks, but the Clippers will have him back for when the games actually matter. Patrick Beverly also returns. He should be good to go for the Laker game when they open up on Thursday night. The NBA is back this week. We are a couple days away, two games on Thursday. Zion will be back. He's back in Orlando too, so it looks like he'll be ready to go for the Pelicans opener on Thursday as well. One guy did forget, Scotty, to take his COVID test over the weekend. That was Kristaps Porzingis. He forgot on Saturday. He missed the Mavericks scrimmage on Sunday. He should rejoin them today. If it was negative here, is head coach Rick Carlisle saying, simple mistake, but we all learned a lesson here. It's an innocent mistake, but it's significant. And so we've got everybody uh, either paired up or tripled up to remind each other. Um, to, to test every day. And it's it's also a little bit challenging because the testing times vary all the time. Um, you may have testing at 10 a.m. You may have it at 1 p.m. You may have it at 5. You know, some nights you come back from practice, you may have it at 6.30. Um, and we just got to constantly be aware. Well, you know, I'll tell you this much. Let's calm down. It's a scrimmage. Who cares that he missed a scrimmage? I've watched, uh, you know, a ton of these games. I'm watching a Laker Wizards ending right now to one. They've been all day, every day. Uh, You know, they've been fantastic. I like watching the games. But all that matters is when they start up for real and they count and you're going for those playoff berths and we're finding out who's playing who that's when their burn matters. If they don't play in a scrimmage, most of the star players don't play in the third and fourth anyway in these scrimmages. So who cares if Porzingis missed a scrimmage? It's ridiculous. And uh, believe me, you, the Clippers have been getting back all of their players. Harold's the only guy that's going to be left out of the bubble with Beverly back. Uh, that's everyone in the bubble except Harold. And then you got uh, sweet Lou going to the strip club problem. But other than that, I think they're getting back intact. The Clippers lineup, they are a dangerous team. Believe me, you, they can play anybody. They can beat anybody, including the Lakers. I'm telling you with Kawhi PG, that team. And with Harold, when they get him back, that guy is an absolute felon in the paint. He is a nasty SOB. You do not mess with him. I mean, you do not want to bang with that guy in the paint. He's not afraid of Davis or anybody. That guy is an absolute gangster monster in the block. I love his game. Plus, he gives you about 18, 20 a game. The guy's a freak. Yeah, and as long as they have those guys back for the playoffs, that's what really matters because even these games that the Clippers are going to play before that, these seeding games, uh, they're going to be fine either way. Kawhi can take care of those games all by himself. Adam Silver, cautiously optimistic. The NBA restart is on the right track. I'd say so, Scotty. They've had no negative tests now the last couple of rounds. Everybody is in the bubble. They've had a couple guys who had to pop out, such as Sweet Lou, but um, everybody seems to come back good. So I I think he's going to be just fine, old Adam Silver. Listen, here's the key to all of this. Take a real good look. Baseball's got massive issues brewing with COVID positive tests and games being canceled. Flat out. The basketball bubble and the NHL bubble that's about to happen this week, they're going to start playing games this weekend, right? So uh, the NHL is going to be in the same predicament, I believe, as the NBA. They're in a bubble. They're isolated. They're in Edmonton and Toronto in hotels. They're going to play in those arenas. There's not going to be anyone going near that place. And it's going to be a perfect plan executed the way Adam Silver has done it with the NBA. You got small issues here, there, guys slipping out for food, guys slipping out for strip clubs, guys uh, testing positive, barely at all. The NHL did tests over the weekend, not one player. So I think the NHL and NBA, I think Silver has set the bar very high, and I think college football and the NFL are going to be an utter disaster as baseball is starting to look like now on a daily basis. Kemba Walker is fully healthy and ready to rock for the Boston Celtics. He has a dream, Scotty, and that dream is to bring another championship to the people of Boston. Here's Kemba. Do I have dreams of winning the championship? No question. But um, I do think we have that opportunity. I think we can get there one day. So we're just going to keep working towards that Um, as a team, keep getting better. 
yeah, do what we can to, to work towards that that dream. You know, uh, what that is is a nightmare because here's the deal. I've said this a thousand times on this show. I like their star players. I really do. And I, I, you know, I give the coach credit. I think he's a good coach. I do not believe he's this incredible coach that everybody else thinks uh, he is. If he's so incredible, how come they haven't done anything since he's been there? Here's the deal. They have four star players and they all play such ISO ball. I mean, they all just are ball hogs. I mean, Tatum wants his piece. Uh, We know Brown wants his piece. Hayward and then Kemba. They're all different guys that have to have the the pill to do their thing, right? So the, the, the problem I have is that they're not like a good team. They are a good team. The problem is, is that it's always one guy or two guys a night that are performing, and it's never all four, ever. Because they just never share the rock with each other, and they don't care about just pouring in buckets and winning. They care about their stats and numbers and shoe deals and talking about their dreams. You know what? That's a nightmare. They need to play together, the Celtics, as a unit, as a team, and do whatever it takes to get the ball in the hole and not uh, satisfy the hunger for stats that Tatum and Brown so crave. And I'm right. Boom. There you go. Period. It is always something, it seems, with Joel Embiid, Scotty. Now it is a calf issue. Didn't play in the scrimmage. Uh, Hopefully he'll be okay, but it's always something with Embiid when it comes to injuries. Look, uh, the Sixers cannot afford to have Joe Embiid uh, be out of the lineup ever. And I mean literally ever. Uh, I do not like uh, Horford like I did in Boston. He just looks old to me. I know he can still play. I won't deny Horford can pull up from three and hit a shot. I know he can finish in the paint. I know he still has game. But he doesn't look like he did when he played for Boston. I think that's pretty obvious to everybody. Uh, Simmons and Embiid are the whole team. They have all these other pieces, Scott and all these uh, Harris and everything else. But this team's all about JoJo. And if he's out, if he has problems, if he has injuries, the Sixers will be exactly who they were all year, which was average at best, and they could never win on the road. No road games in the bubble, but they just weren't consistent. They weren't a good team. And if he's not playing, they're screwed. No issues for James Harden. He looks ready to go. He dropped 31, almost had a triple-double in their scrimmage. Damian Lillard sits out scrimmage with foot inflammation for the Blazers. Outside of the bubble, Scotty, over the weekend, the Knicks finally named their new head coach. It will be Tom Thibodeau. They figured out their differences. He becomes the sixth Knicks coach in the last five years. Will it finally change with Tibbs as the head man, Scotty? Well, you know, I've heard all these people say that he's going to run RJ uh, into the ground and Mitchell Robinson into the ground and, and, and give him too much burn every game and that this and that. All I know is, is that he is without a doubt the best defensive coach that they've had since Van Gundy. And there's no denying that uh, the year that they won 54, Uh, They were a scoring team. They were not a defensive team. They've never been a defensive team. They haven't been good since they won championships uh, going back to the 70s, playing on both ends of the floor. They're not even good offensively at all now. They're a terrible team. But this guy has proven that he can coach. He did fantastic work with Van Gundy and in Chicago. And in Minnesota, he couldn't get along with Glenn Taylor. Then again, no one gets along with Glenn Taylor. Everybody hates the owner, and he didn't like Towns either. Hopefully, you know, the let's face it, the Knicks don't have any superstars like Cat, so he doesn't have to worry about prima donnas because the Knicks don't have any. So I think Thibodeau was the right choice, and I said on this show a million times, I never once bought for one minute that Jason Kidd was getting that job. Not only did I never believe it, I don't think he's a good head coach. I think Jason was a Hall of Famer and a great assistant. That's it. Simple as that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. (laughs) 
betting update. You want the capping edge, get on the grid. MLB had to postpone two games today. The Marlins home opener against Baltimore and the game between the Yankees and Phillies at Citizens Ballpark in Philly. At least 13 members of the Marlins have tested positive. Jesse Rogers, Jose Arena, Garrett Cooper, and Harold Ramirez, they all tested positive. The Orioles, they're flying back to Baltimore, so their Tuesday game versus the Marlins still might be canceled. The Phillies are getting tested today because of their exposure to the Marlins. Their results will determine if Tuesday's game against the Yankees can still be played. Major League Baseball not discussing canceling the season after COVID-19 hit hard today. David Price says the league isn't putting players' health first. Price, the most notable player, sitting out due to the coronavirus concerns he had. Texas Rangers uh, righty Corey Kluber, he's going to miss at least four weeks with a torn shoulder muscle. The 34-year-old will be replaced by Kobe Allard in the starting lineup. Live baseball, Oakland leading the Angels right now. Three to nothing in the bottom of five. Mark Hanna, solo bomb. Arizona, they're up now on San Diego. Two to one. Grisham, solo homer for the Padres. Next on the betting board, 6.05, Toronto and Washington. Matt's, Matt's minus 122, total 10 and a half on FanDuel. Two players opting out of the NFL season today. Baltimore receiver DeAnthony Thomas and Seattle offensive lineman Chance Warmack will skip this year's play. The 49ers and running back Raheem Mostert have reworked the deal. It'll run through 2021. The 28-year-old set to earn $2.875 million this year, and he can earn an additional $2.75 million in bonuses and incentives. Nine touchdowns and 772 rushing yards in 16 regular season games for San Fran. Giants corner DeAndre Baker and Seahawks corner Quinton Dunbar, they've been placed on the commissioner's exempt list as their armed robbery case continues. They will be paid but can't play or practice. Drew Brees and his wife, very charitable, donating $5 million towards building health care centers in Louisiana. Brooklyn Nets guard Kyrie Irving committed $1.5 million of his money to help WNBA players who are sitting out because of coronavirus. In the NHL, great news here, the league administering 4,256 COVID tests from July 18th to 25th. Over 800 players tested, not one positive result. Last week, they had only two positive cases. Exhibition games on Tuesday. The qualifying round kicks off August 1st. Each team permitted 52 members, players, and staff total. Carolina defenseman Dougie Hamilton, unfit to play. He had a broken fibula back in January. He was ready to go, but got injured in practice this week. MLS tournament, round of 16 tonight, 8.30 Eastern. San Jose, plus 105 to win versus Salt Lake. Salt Lake for a win, plus 250. Draw, plus 220. Total two and a half. Then Seattle at LAFC at 10.30. Seattle, plus 240. LAFC, plus 120. Draw, plus 290. Total three and a half. And NASCAR, 21st to 23rd weekend at Dover International Speedway will be held without fans in the stands. I'm Cam Stewart. That's your Sports Grid News and Betting Update. Now back to Scotty Farrell on Coast to Coast on Sports Grid. All right, let's bring uh, Cam in uh, for a little dose, a little dabble, do you? How you doing, buddy? Hope everything's well. I thought your uh, Jays played uh, really well in uh, in Tampa. And I, Friday night, I had you on the Pharrell and Event Show to eat that cold, served, uh, just literally ice-cold crow sandwich that you fed me for that opening day win in Tampa by the Jays. Uh, that lineup of theirs I like. What worried you by the end of the weekend with that team when you saw them pitch and blow those games to the Rays in late innings? Yeah, it's relief is going to be a problem, Scotty. And hey, you got if you bet me the other two games, right? Look at think about the Jays. They pissed away the lead there, and they only got one win out of the three. It is a big concern. And I got to tell you something. Not impressed with Charlie Montoya. You know, me and Gabe take shots at our old boy Johnny Gibbons. Well, guys, you know, going out for a couple of whiskeys tonight and having a good time. You know, we used to laugh at Johnny Gibbons. He seems like a great guy to like party with, but we weren't sure if he was like the best manager. But Montoya left Ken Giles in there, and you knew he was hurt. We were watching the game. Giles is one of the better guys. He obviously had an injury, and Montoya left him in for about 16 to 20 extra pitches. That was stupid. I'm going to tell you, Scotty, the Jays can rake with anybody, but the, the bullpen, uh, other than Ryu, too, they got to come. Shoemaker was pretty good. Like, the starting couple guys are decent, but the middle relief and bullpen is going to kill these guys this year. And now, how do you think they're going to do tonight? Tough game. Hate to say it, Scotty. When I'm not betting the Jays, that means I don't I don't feel very confident. Uh, Anibal Sanchez is an old-school, crafty guy, and the Jays have a lot of young guys. Off-speed stuff, that's going to drive them nuts. They do better against guys who throw heat, so I'm a little bit worried. I'd probably take the Nationals in this spot, not betting the game. I'm on the Snakes uh, right now, and uh, uh, Small Pooch with the Chicago White Sox, plus 120 tonight. Dylan Cease getting the call. I'm just looking for some dogs in baseball, and I'll tell you, Scotty, the dogs have been fantastic. Tigers, 2-1. and one. All these teams, well, I know we're only uh, three days in, but I'm telling you, betting, betting favorites in baseball will put you in the poorhouse after a couple days. So what is your feeling about uh, Verlander and Kluber's injuries? Do you think the teams are lying about uh, what's happening? 
Uh, I think Kluber could be in big trouble. Uh, I know that he's only talking four weeks. It's actually funny because Verlander was supposed to be done, and he says he can come back. As for Texas, Kluber was the race. That team has major problems now, Scotty. I have a feeling Verlander will come back towards the end of the season. And if you look at Houston, there'll be a team in the mix. The Texas Rangers won't. They're going to have to score seven or eight runs every night now. Their pitching is awful. Cody Allard is a guy, you know, he's a fifth starter. He gets pegged in there instead of Kluber. I'm telling you, like guys like Gallo, they got to go deep now because I'll tell you, the Texas aren't. It's a bad news story. But with, with, with Verlander, I think he'll come back right at the end of the season if these guys are in contention. So have you ever had a, a good steak at a strip club? <laughs> I, I, no, what, Scotty? I used to go to the strip club not to watch ladies for the chicken wings. I remember back, back in the day, they had the best wings in town at the House of Lancaster. And I remember I got to be friends. This guy just sees my hand reaching over there for the chickens. He's like, can I help you? I was so wasted. I started eating off his plate. Marenzi's like, oh, my God, you need help. I go, yeah, I do. But these chicken wings are fantastic. They never had a steak, but their buffet was very, very good for the price and always really cheap. And my, I used to meet my bookie at a place called I Don knows like i don't knows but it's called i don knows the guy who owns his name is don they used to have they used to have a blt and fries for 2.99 so i'd sit there i'd have the envelope i'd always meet him and he'd be in the back for an hour i'm like you, you clown before you go back there hand me the money if i'm winning if i lose i'll hand you the money you jerk all right so uh this one's for uh joe ranieri i just remembered i it's been driving me nuts the entire show but i just remembered my major sponsor in miami where i had the bohemian scarlets open scarlets you remember joe ranieri and in, in hollywood scarlet sponsored me for years uh what a I'm great of Joe. strip club. Joe, Joe lives in Florida. They got happy hour all the time there. I could have 20 drinks and like five pounds of wings for 18 bucks. The same price as like $200 here. They'll put me in the poorhouse. I love the value of the state of Florida. If you want to get wasted and eat, that's the place to be. Later, right, Scotty. Check, out, check out Cam on Game Time Decisions coming up, and we'll see you again tomorrow on Coast to Coast. I love you, Cam. Great stuff. You got uh, it, man. Here love we go. Too. All right, I'm taking over. Here's what happened. Uh, Carver High just had a shipment of birthday gifts arrive at his uh, crib in Strong Island. Playa! And I told him I thought it was more important that he dive into some of those gifts, some of which are alcohol-based and others which are, I can't say, on the air. But it's very important on your 40th birthday to celebrate not only the day of, but the day prior, there's a pregame uh, going on out in L.I. right now with Carver High. So Carver High taking over uh, with the uh, party right now in his backyard with all the gifts arriving. And he'll be on the bench with us tonight on the radio, FOTB style. Check us out on Sports Grid Radio Overnights uh, tonight and our YouTube Sports Grid Radio page. You can watch us do the show. So he'll be with us later tonight. The Jets traded uh, Jamal Adams finally to Seattle for two first rounders a third rounder plus safety Radley McDougal and I mean you I think we have a graphic for this bottom line is when I saw this deal go down all I know is two first rounders in 21 and 22 and all they gave up was a fourth rounder with Adams now look we all know how great Adams was and he did produce there's no denying it but when he started crucifying the owner And when he started crucifying Adam Gase, it was over. I knew that was ending as fast as you could spit, and he ends up going to Seattle. He's going to make Seattle way better. I have my doubts whether they'll be able to sign Clowney now after they gave up that much. But two first-rounders for the Jets and a third-rounder, so a first and third and 21. I believe that the Seahawks got their money's worth, and I think the Jets got the better end of the trade long-term because they're going to get two great players out of that and perhaps three great players out of it. And McDougal can already play. So they got four good players at the end of the day out of this when you really look at it. Now, if the Jets could just once fiscally do anything right with players and treat star players like star players and pay them that way, then maybe they could find themselves uh, out of the cellar 
and into the playoff picture. The Jets have been losers my entire life, only once with Namath. It's for a reason, because they don't know what they're doing. They're a terrible organization. And figure out how to use those two number ones and a third rounder and turn this into something. You've got to make winners out of this deal. Uh, if they don't do something with those picks, then they are the laughing stock they've always been. Joe Douglas said it was an offer they couldn't refuse. Uh, we also know the NFLPA uh, had 12 rookies test positive in the initial screenings for the COVID. So uh, they got their own issues. I'm telling you, I'm very worried when they go into training camp every day, all day, when the problems are going to start to unfurl. I really believe that's going to happen. Uh, in training camp, I think it's going to become a major issue. And when they travel to play games, there's no preseason. But if they start the season, hypothetically, and have to go on a road. Every week, teams are traveling to games and vice versa, you know, home, road, whatever. But it's the travel. Look at the baseball. They're already having problems. College football, forget it. It's going to be a monstrous problem. NFL as well. The NFL and NFLBA enact a rule prohibiting certain off-field activities with stiff uh, punishment uh, for violators. So the Goodell police are going to be out. We know that. Uh, but what else is new? When aren't the NFL police out uh, looking to uh, hatchet the players with everything that they do off the field and all of their stiff punishments? That's nothing new, if you ask me. More teams are considering keeping a quarterback in quarantine for, I guess, the reasons of if their quarterbacks get injured or get sick, they got to have somebody that's able to play. Pat Mahomes ready to get back to work and repeating. That's the goal for the Chiefs. Uh, we have the Super Bowl MVP right here on Coast to Coast. Let's listen to Pat Mahomes. My feeling is I'm ready to get back after it. I mean, I think that's the that's the biggest thing. Uh, once you hit this first day, I mean, it's it's all it's all starting over again, and uh, it, it's uh, it's been a different off season. Uh, obviously, it started with the Super Bowl win and being on a high level, and then dealing with a pandemic and other movements that have kind of went throughout our nation. You've had to try to keep your head on uh, straight and deal with it in the best way possible for you and the community around you. And so uh, now I'm, I'm glad to be back in the facility, uh, back with the guys uh, that are that are my teammates, the guys that we built this culture together. And now it's about restarting the process, doing it over again. And uh, we understand it's going to be hard. It's going to be an every day-to-day -day process, but we're going to go out there with the mindset of being the best uh, team that we can be every single day. Well, there you go. Chiefs offensive lineman Laurent uh, Devernay-Tardif became the first NFL player to opt out for the season He's been working on the front lines, treating COVID patients at a hospital in Quebec. He's in the medical field. He's a doctor. Uh, good for him. I think that's a power move by him. Jason McCourty voices concern for the season amid the pandemic. There are tons of players that are worried about the season and worried about their health and their families, and they should be. Alex Smith cleared to play for Washington's football team, but he's going to start the camp on the physically unable to perform list. Mostert, the running back of the Niners, restructures his deal. Now he can finally be happy. He can make double the money with incentives that they put in the restructured contract. So now he can shut up and quit complaining uh, with his big 750 yards that he chalked up last year. I can't even believe they bent for this guy. I mean, put up a dime and then start talking. He can't even get a dime. The guy got hot in the postseason and he expects to get paid. I don't think it works that way. Michael Thomas lobbies the Saints to sign Clowney. I think that would be a smart move for them. Keenan Allen says, uh, like, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin are not better than he is. Evans responded saying, quote, you ain't on my level, kid, end quote. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick the most important player in the Dolphins heading into camp? He'll never be the most important player again. I still think I love his game, Fitzmagic. He's going to be important to helping Tua for sure. Baker and Dunbar, the guys with the guns, with the Giants and Seahawks, they're on the exempt list. Now there's an idea. Keep those two troublemakers off the field. The Giants cut the kicker, Aldrich Rosas. He had two misdemeanors. They finally said, get out of here. Drew Brees and his wife, Brittany, donate $5 million to build Louisiana Healthcare Center. He just keeps donating. That's after he took that gigantic foot out of his mouth uh, when he got in trouble in this offseason.
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, there's rumors starting on the show that Carver High has already opened up some gifts and he's willing to come back on the show. And I think we're going to accomplish that feat in a few minutes. We'll see if that comes to fruition. Uh, first, though, Mafia joins me to talk about Fight Island. They finally wrapped it up in Abu Dhabi on Saturday night as Whitaker beat Till uh, in the big main event. And, of course, Till blew out his knee. All right, so uh, first of all, let me ask you, uh, were you happy with uh, the card, and were you surprised about anything at all? And and at the end of the day, Fight Island was a huge success, basically, wasn't it? Yeah, overall, they had four great events. You know, some of them that really lit up the screen for people, and they enjoyed. They had the big pay per view. They had a couple, you know, fight nights that weren't as loaded, but this one I think was a solid one from top to bottom for most of the main card, and people enjoyed it. And you know, you had some legends fighting on there, and possibly their last UFC appearances. I think it drew some eyeballs. Uh, the things that surprised me, of course, is once again, as we've seen not only on Fight Island, but anytime you leave it to the hands of the judges, some questionable decision. And uh, I thought that as far as a win, I thought it was terrible. You know, I thought that it was close. I thought she lost 28-27. I thought, even though as far as I got the takedowns in the first two rounds, I thought Rodriguez beat her up. Like, she switched the position and beat her face in. You know, she even from the bottom opened her up with an elbow in the first round, and somehow she loses the fight. I thought that was a terrible decision. But otherwise, it went, you know, pretty much well in favor of the judges. There was a big surprise as far as uh, Verdum, which we'll talk about when we get to that fight. But it was a good card overall. So uh, tell me about the Whitaker Till fight and what happened to Till's knee. Well, you know, you take all those calf kicks and eventually it hurts you. You know, people talk about just leaving your foot out there. Oh, it's just a little shot to the calf. Well, no, that that added up and, you know, makes you twist that leg. And after the second round, you heard Till talk to his corner and say, listen, my leg's messed up. And I give credit to the announcer there. It wasn't the usual, you know, it wasn't John Anik. It was another gentleman who I forget his name at the moment. But, you know, we've talked about all these fights without fans, how, the, the teams and the fighters have been able to hear what the broadcasters are saying and react to it sometimes and change things. You heard him get very quiet when he was talking about that till injury so as not to tip off Whitaker in his corner that Till's leg was messed up. But, you know, you got to give Till credit for fighting through it. But in the end, Whitaker was just a better man. You know, there was a couple rounds here or there that went Till's way, but I thought that the judges got that one right. I thought, you know, I think everyone pretty much agreed with that, that Whitaker was the dominant guy at, at times and took the rounds that he got scored on. It was a little wacky how two of them went – fourth to Whitaker, and then the other one gave that to Till, then flipped it to fifth to Whitaker, but he still ended up with a unanimous decision for Whitaker. But still, especially at the end, those uh, takedowns after Till opened up his ear with that elbow was really what clinched it for him in the fifth round in my mind. So Till had talked about getting a title shot if he beat Whitaker. What happens to him now? Now he goes back to the pack. You know, maybe he fights one of these other guys. Uh, he called out Whitaker because he was the top-ranked guy in that you know division outside of the champ. So he thought that would propel him into the championship slot and the title of contention. But he didn't win, so it doesn't count. It doesn't help you out there. So now you got to fall back to some of these other guys and maybe take on a Romero or some of these you know guys below Whitaker and see where you go from there. So uh, Shogun and Verdum, uh, how did you think they looked? 
I thought Shogun looked okay. You know, he beat Little Nog, and I thought he would. I, Little Nog was, you know, very weak and kind of feeble as he's been these last couple of fights. You know, the guy's old. He was 44, and this was definitely his last legs. He knew this was probably going to be his last fight. He talked about it right before the fight, and it showed. He was hesitant. He kind of didn't want to you know, eat the power shots of Shogun. So he was just kind of staying in there and throwing some shots here or there, but it never looked like he really wanted to take that fight over. And the same for Shogun, you know, he, he could have finished him, I thought. And he never looked like he wanted to get aggressive and go in there and finish it. You know, you could talk about maybe he was respecting the power of Nogueira. I don't believe that. I think that he was trying to let the guy go out, you know, get the win, but let the guy go out with some respect because he, you know, is a legend in the sport, been around forever, and they've, you know, battled each other for years at different promotions. So I think he was giving him a little bit extra respect there and letting him not, you know, go out knocked out and as far as Redoom, you know it's interesting because yeah. that, that might be his last fight in the ufc that was the last fight under contract he talked about wanting to go test other waters maybe fight uh you know fedor again and rematch that fight but we'll see if that develops now he won i thought that was a bad performance by gustafson he looked good early on was using his distance to get the strikes but you knew that's what Verdun was going to do Verdun was trying to bait him to go for his legs trying to bait him to go to the ground and then just basically dove for the takedown and gustafson almost got out of it but then gave up his back and let Verdun take him right back down and, and pretty much rip his arm off so i thought that was a terrible performance by gustafson you knew that's what Verdun wanted to do and going to the ground and he didn't keep it on the feet like he needed to should uh, gustafson have never gone up to heavy you know what? That's going to be something he's got to figure out because Verdum's kind of an anomaly as far as heavyweights go with the takedown you know that he has and the great ground game that he has. Most heavyweights are going to come in there and just pummel your face. You know, it's not a lot of guys if they have a wrestling background is to take you down and you know ground and pound you. It's not to try to throw you know jujitsu submissions at you. So he's an anomaly. But if you can't even finish him off, you know, tell me you're going to put him against a guy like Ngannou or against Derek Lewis, or, well, Cormier is just about out, or, you know, let's say one day he gets a few wins under the belt, you put him against Stipe? No. So, Jemaya really made a huge statement, I thought, at Fight Island. He, he fought did. twice, and he won again. And then he basically said, uh, in not so many words, that he <laughs> thinks MMA fighting's easy. Right, that everyone in the division is easy for him. He's like, I'm not worried about anybody. I'll beat him. You know, the first guy to get his UFC wins within two wins within 10 days. That's a new record for the promotion for a guy to get two wins within 10 days. It's insane. But you know what? You know, he even said after the fighting on his post fight interview, he's like, give me an hour. Let me, uh, you know, re-energize and I'll go again tonight if you need me to replace somebody because he really didn't have to do much work against that guy. He got in there, just took him down right away, started pummeling him was switching positions back and forth. Every time the guy tried to get away from the choke, he'd beat him up, and then the guy would turn back, you know, to get away from the punches and be back in the choke. So it was just a great win for him. Very impressive performances over on Fight Island, and uh, we'll see what we comes from him in the future as they go back over there eventually, and we'll see him if we get him again there. Maybe he'll fight three times next time. Who knows? So uh, how about the Bellator card on Friday night? Pettis looked good. He did. He did exactly what he needed to do. You know, at first, Bendeas tried to take him down and use his wrestling and try to limit the distance. But Pettis got right back up. Pettis didn't let him take him down and keep him there. And after that, was using kicks and uh, some distance strikes to keep the, the distance between them. Gave, you know, the wheelhouse that he wanted, make the fight his style and outpoint him just like he wanted to do. And so they have another card coming right up, right? Uh, Bellator, they're going to do it again. Is that coming up this weekend? The 53? No, it's coming up in a, in a couple of weeks, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. You're talking about the, the Ben Henderson Chandler. We're going to see that yeah. in a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I think that's in a couple of weeks we'll see that fight coming around. Yeah, I think the boxing goes first. Uh, Steven Espinosa told us that they're sharing that Mohegan, mm -hmm. and they're going back and forth. Uh, all right, Mavi, great stuff. I'm glad uh, Fight Island went well uh, for the UFC. They're back at it this Saturday in Vegas. Uh, Carver High, unbelievable. The rumors are true. He's back on the show after opening up uh, some pre-birthday 40 tomorrow. He turns 40. Any pre-gifts that you can uh, tell us about that you're excited about? Did you get anything early? I did. I got a new microphone. <laughs> that's incredible for the sports grid they sent yes, a microphone uh, yes. over that quickly wow yes, uh, same day delivery yeah, ship me over a microphone uh, early early 40th birthday present there you go you have that uh how about nice. the hockey scotty the hockey they all showed up at toronto and edmonton yesterday they are in the hub cities they are getting ready to start on saturday you'll have some exhibition games starting tomorrow uh, tomorrow and Wednesday. And here's what we got. The Penguins are, are good. They think that Crosby's going to be ready to go. There are your odds, Scotty, for the Eastern Conference qualifying series. Penguins now minus 215 in their series over the Canadians. Islanders a favorite, the Leafs as well, and the Hurricanes over the Rangers. They also announced, Scotty, zero. That is zero positive COVID tests out of 
4,256. That was what they had ahead of the restart before they got to Toronto. NHL doing the right things right now, and now they have all the players in, in place to go. Well, let's go. I can't wait. I mean, uh, you can look at those odds all you want. We haven't seen them play in five months. I think you can throw those odds out the window. They mean absolutely nothing. I know those are FanDuel odds, but, I mean, anything can happen in these series. We haven't seen them play. Nobody's had a rhythm. I know that they practiced and everything else. Crosby's going to go. Uh, we know he had full practices, and he seems okay. So that's a huge issue uh, for the Penguins. The Islanders are favored in their series. Uh, you know, all these teams, we're going to see what they're made of in short order uh, starting this weekend. I just am excited that hockey's back for sure. Yeah. And in the Western Conference, you know, we were talking about Corey Crawford for weeks. He had not been at Blackhawk practice. He uh, uh, put out there over the weekend that he did have the COVID-19. So that's why Crawford was not with the team. He is back with them now and he is ready to go as they get ready to face Edmonton. Here's Crawford. You know, the doctors uh, did a good job. Uh, I think we uh, we were safe enough about it where uh, we didn't put anyone else at risk. And, um, you know, we're I'm just excited to, to be back on the ice and, and seeing pucks again. Look, I mean, uh, you know, anything in these series, I know you've already said you like the Coyotes. They're a dog. Uh, all these teams, you like the Blackhawks, they're a dog. I kind of like the Oilers in that series. I think those other two series can go either way. I mean, I'm not, like, you know, bowled over by uh, Calgary. I think Colorado's tough. Uh, when somebody has to play those the best teams in the West, you know, the Blues, the Vegas Knights, and that Avalanche team, they're going to be dangerous. I think all these other teams are basically posers. Yeah, I think in the West, Scotty, we're going to find out really quickly that uh, Vegas, St. Louis, and Colorado, uh, I think that they're a couple of steps ahead of all these other teams that are going to be playing in the qualifying series, and matchups are going to make a, di a big difference as we go forward. Strange one from Arizona, who, of course, is at the bubble now. They're going to be playing the Nashville Predators in their series, and uh, GM John Chaika, uh, he's gone. He uh, quit. Uh, that's at least according to the organization. Chica quit on them. There was rumors over the weekend that he was allegedly going after another job. Uh, the organization didn't like it. And then the ownership kind of, you know, didn't let him do things. We said they didn't let him go to that meeting with Taylor Hall. Uh, so that's a little drama for them before they start playing hockey. But who cares? He's a suit. The guys on the ice are what's going to matter, right? Yeah, well, first of all, nobody's ever heard of him in the public eye, so he doesn't matter any more than a rainy day. But I'll tell you this, you knew he was done with the Coyotes when he wasn't at the dinner with the star player, and they didn't even tell him that they were meeting with Taylor Hall. Uh, they went with the owners, and they left the GM off the dinner reservation. Are you kidding me? That's all you needed to know. When that happened, we said that he was as good as gone in Arizona. No one's ever heard of him. Uh, good luck with the new job, John. We still don't know who you are. Michael Thompson, uh, also who? He wins the PGA 3M Open up in Minneapolis over the weekend. They are still another week away from the championship at Harding Park. Lee Westwood will skip that PGA championship over COVID-19 concerns in the States. Have fun over in England, Lee. Uh, Man U beats Leicester City, Scotty. They get that last Champions League spot in the Premier League, they will play in the highest level of European football coming up this they year. Another, they do deserve it. They, they played they really well it. down the stretch. Yes. Yeah, they were the hottest team in the Premier League, in my opinion. Uh, once Liverpool clinched, they just drank booze. Uh, Man City beat their ass. Man U beat them. Bottom line is, Man U beat everybody. They deserve to be in the Champions League. Hell of a job at the Reds. Uh, another trophy for Ronaldo, Eventus wins Serie A. So more hardware for Ronaldo. He has a long list of accomplishments throughout his career. Miami formerly names De'Eric King their starting quarterback. That is, of course, if they play at all. I know you're excited about King. Well, look, uh, he's better than the hacks they've had at quarterback for the last 10 years down there, and that includes all of them. They've been a disaster. Hopefully this kid will play better. I never thought he was that good at Houston anyway, but I know he's better than the Miami quarterbacks. Really quick before we go, I've got to play you Mike Ditka. This is courtesy of TMZ. He had some things to say about the athletes who are kneeling for the anthem. Here's Ditka. Here we go. If you can't respect our national anthem, get the hell out of the country. Then that's the way I feel. Because I'm old-fashioned. So I'm, I'm only going to say what I feel. Uh, I think there's a way that you 
you protest and there's a way you don't protest. You don't protest against the flag. You don't protest against this country who's given you the opportunity to make a living playing a sport that uh, you never thought would would happen. So I, I don't want to hear all the crap. You want to try it, try it. You don't, it's okay. Honestly, Mike, he sounds so old. And I got to tell you, Rudy Giuliani, just as bad, blasting the uh, anthem and the Black Lives uh, movement. Uh, he is uh, another idiot. Rudy Giuliani, what happened to that guy? He's so far up Trump's hunk. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I just wanted to uh, throw one thing at you. In uh, 96, 24 years ago today, I was at the Summer Olympics uh, in Atlanta at Centennial Park doing my show live on Westwood One across America in 250 radio markets when that uh, Eric Rudolph set that bomb off at the Olympics. Uh, One dead, hundreds injured, uh, chaos erupted. I will tell the funny end of it, though. Uh, My producers and myself, we were broadcasting right next to the Budweiser, uh, you know, set up inside the Centennial Park. And when everyone ran for their life, we stole like 300 cans of cold Budweiser, stuffed them in our bags and took them back to the media hotel and had free Budweiser coming out of our ears for the next two weeks of the Olympics. I, people were running for their life. I was running for Budweiser. God bless them. Uh, game time decisions uh, comes up at the top of the hour at 6 p.m. Eastern. And Marenzi's with us. Don't forget uh, Sports Grid Radio Overnights for all events 1 a.m., Sports Rage 3 a.m., Bagels Bad Beats 5 a.m. Check us out on sportsgridradio.com and on YouTube, search Sports Grid Radio. Hey, uh, Marenzi. Have you ever uh, seen anything like these baseball problems uh, uh, unfolding right now? Canceling games, COVID, uh, players playing with it, uh, teams not telling the truth about it. What's going on? Yeah, 2020 just keeps on giving, uh, doesn't it? I expect this to be the theme, actually, uh, Scotty, uh, for the you know for for the two months. Uh, there's going to be canceled games. I don't think the sky will completely fall. Uh, but, you know, we've already got two games canceled. That's four teams affected. You know, how much longer? They haven't even traveled yet, Scotty. That's the big thing. You know, just flying around the country with as many as many people as these Major League Baseball operations are, you're just begging for trouble. Lock and Fora just reported that uh, NFL GMs right now are saying there's no way in hell they're going to be able to play 16 games. There's a push right now, and there's a thought that maybe the NFL season will be cut to 12. All right, uh, great stuff, Marenzi. Have a good show. Game time decisions coming up. I'll see you guys tonight on a bench. Otherwise, have a great night. Check out. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.